this evening we've entitled it Home with God, Psalm 84, A Home with God. And there are many things that that word brings, home. Unlike house, home really does bring up many different things to think about. And there are many songs about that. Weirdly, when I was looking through the number of songs about home, Elvis got fairly close to the truth, not spiritually, but in earthly terms, Elvis sang a song called Home is Where the Heart Is. These are the words of the song. Home is where the heart is, and my heart is anywhere you are. Anywhere you are is home. I don't need a mansion on a hill that overlooks the sea. Anywhere you're with me is home. Maybe I'm a rolling stone who won't amount to much, but everything that I hold dear is close enough to touch. For home is where the heart is, and my heart is anywhere you are. Anywhere you are is home. Home, 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 home. And for many of us, homes are everything, aren't they? They can be everything to us. Our safe space, our place we come back to for comfort. Um, in the UK, we particularly pride ourselves in owning our own homes, in putting down roots. And we invest more than just money into our homes. We build fences and we build borders around our homes, making them our castles, our fortresses for protection and for peace. Our homes provide us with so much more than just a roof over our heads. They're often places where we seek our greatest happiness because it's where our family live, our loved ones. Home, as Elvis puts it, is where the heart is. And Elvis makes a good point. God, however, makes that point in Psalm 84 and he does a lot better job of it. Home is definitely where the heart is heart is. And the really big question for us tonight, as we very, very briefly look at this passage, and we're going to discuss it afterwards, where is your heart? And, therefore, where is your home? So, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the three blessings. To focus very briefly this evening, we're going to look at the three blessings that are in this psalm. And I Imagine that you've come here this evening wanting to be blessed. So we'll look at verse 4. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. And verse 12 we'll look at. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. So let's dive in very quickly. Let's look at the first blessing, verse 4. I've named it home blessings, home blessings. Verse 4, blessed are those who dwell in your house. Now clearly the psalmist is indicating straight away that we can dwell in God's house. Our home can be God's dwelling place. And if we do dwell in God's house, we will be blessed. But where is God's house? What is it like? And what are the blessings? 
And we can deduce from the writer that he may not be there. Some say this psalm was written during the exile, which would explain why, in verse 2, the writer yearns, even faints, for the, Lord, uh, the courts of the Lord. The writers, the sons of Korah, who wrote this psalm, may not be there, may not be in God's dwelling place. But they want to be. They long to be. But what is God's dwelling place actually like? Well, it's lovely. If you look at verse 1, it's straight away. The writer says, how lovely is your dwelling place? But why is it so lovely? Why are you blessed to dwell there? How is it described? Is it a temple? Is it a tent? Is it a pretty building? Is the location beautiful? Is it detached? Has it got underfloor heating and a fitted kitchen? Is there a walk-in wardrobe or a king-size bed? All of those answers, as I'm sure you're aware, are no. And why? Well, this is where even Elvis almost gets it right. He sings, I don't need a mansion on a hill that overlooks the sea. Anywhere you're with me is home. None of those material things are important. None of those material things are the blessings that the psalmist is writing about. Because the blessing of God's dwelling place is God himself. And verse 11 sums up the true beauty and the blessing of God's dwelling place. Let's read it. Verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. The absolute beauty and blessing of God's dwelling place is that God is there. He is the blessing. As Elvis puts it, it's not about the building or even the location and the view. It's about who is actually there. And that's further emphasized as we uh, look at verse 3, just how good God's dwelling place is. Verse 3, the writer says and sings, even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young. And it's easy to skip over that verse, but in many ways, it is the absolute heart of the blessing and the purpose of a lovely home. The birds would seek out somewhere safe, somewhere close to provisions, somewhere well protected, to build their nests and to bring up their young. And the writer writes with a hint of utter jealousy about these birds, even using the word even. Even the sparrow has found a home with God. It indicates God's amazing care and love. Even insignificant birds get to be blessed in this way by God Almighty. Even birds get to have a home with the Lord God Almighty. And if birds get the blessing of being with God, how much more blessed will we be? So good it is to be with God that the writer emphasizes the point even further in verse 10. Let's read verse 10 together. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. 
I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. The sons of Korah are saying that it is better to have quite a menial job, perhaps, as the doorkeeper at God's home than not be there at all. In fact, it's better to be there for only a day than spend a lifetime elsewhere. It's that good. But the blessings continue. Verse 11 reads this, For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord is a sun and a shield. And the sun epitomizes warmth and provision. A shield is protection. Everything you need in a home. Warmth, provision, and protection. And verse 11 continues. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Favor and honor. And if they weren't enough, on top of the warmth, provision, and protection, then the Holy Spirit adds, no good thing does he withhold. There isn't really much more to add when it comes to blessings, is there? Just stop and think for a minute of no good thing. What does no good thing even look like? To sum up that blessing, it's not the physical attributes of God's dwelling place. It's not the physical building. It might be an amazing building. It might be the temple. It might have an amazing view, but it doesn't matter. The absolute point the psalmist is making is that everything good about the location is who is there. All the loveliness and all of the blessings are in God himself. But that asks us the big question. Where is your home? Where is your home? We'll look at that again at the end. Where is your home? Okay, moving swiftly on to the second blessing on verse 5. I've called these heart blessings. Verse 5, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Now, it might help a little bit if we look at another translation. In the ESV, it says this, blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Verse 5 really asks this question. Where are you heading? Where are you heading? Because culture today really absolutely celebrates self. I think the phrase of the moment is you do you, you do you, or follow your heart, follow your heart. I think if you wanted a song for today, then it would probably be Fleetwood Mac's song, You Can Go Your Own Way. Or if you're a little older, maybe Frank Sinatra's song, I Did It My Way. To direct your life, really, you use your own inner compass in some respects. But Psalm 84 has no time for that belief. Psalm 84 really 
turns that 180 degrees out and suggests that we should look for direction in life from God. Or more accurately, as the scripture in Psalm 84 says, life's proper direction is always towards God. In a true sense, the psalm writer is looking and desiring pilgrimage. That's why he uses that term, pilgrimage to Zion. Clearly a noble and much desired objective of the writer is to perhaps leave his present position and head towards Jerusalem. Now whether it is in the terms of the perhaps the three times a year pilgrimage that uh, the, the Jews had to do or were instructed to do by God, or maybe they were stuck in exile, desiring to head back to Israel for their freedom. Either way, it doesn't matter. Verse 5 indicates that all whose hearts are pointed towards the direction of God are to be blessed. And in the days of the Israelites, the pilgrimage to Jerusalem was a long, strenuous, sometimes dangerous endeavor. One that would take them through tough, dry, arid, dangerous territory, a journey that would need much strength. And verse 5 indicates that a heart for God, a deep desire to journey towards him, is coupled with a need to be strengthened by him. A heart for God is coupled with a reliance on him for strength, and that brings great blessing. And you can really see the opposite side of that in the modern world, if you choose to go your own way, if you head off in your own direction in life, then God will not bless you with strength. You're on your own. Self-reliance and inner strength go hand in hand. However, a heart for God, a heart towards God, is strengthened and blessed. And the blessings continue as the journey continues. Look at verse 6 and verse 7. Verse 6 says, As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. Verse 7, They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. This is a real picture of increased blessings on the journey. As that person sets out on their journey towards God, they gain strength every moment they get closer to him. They go from strength to strength. And even the dry valleys of Baca become springs of living water. Yet blessings are literally poured out as the pilgrim journeys towards God. It's a wonderful picture, I think, for us to think about. As we draw closer to God, he pours out his blessings. Blessing after blessing. More strength and more strength the closer we get to him. And the big question for us on this one is what direction are you heading? Is your heart pointing towards God? Each day is your compass pointing to God? Or are you heading off in the opposite direction? That's the second blessing. The third blessing. Verse 12. I've called trust blessings. 
trust blessings. Verse 12, Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. And the sons of Korah not only sum up the psalm in the last verse, but they really make the final point of this psalm. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. Trust is at the very heart of the sons of Korah and this song. Let me explain why. In the book of Numbers, we learn that God set aside the Levites to take care of the tabernacle. The three sons of Levi were Gershon, Merari, and Kohath. Each of them and their descendants had different jobs looking after God's dwelling place, God's tabernacle. They did this for a number of generations. And the grandson of Kohath was Korah. And there the story takes its turn. Korah began to challenge the right of Moses and Aaron for the priesthood. Korah basically began to stop trusting God and instead trusted himself to direct his life and his desires. He thought he knew better than God's appointed leaders, Moses and Aaron. So God judged them. God gathered Korah and his rebel followers and their families, and in front of all of Israel, he judged them. God opened up the ground and swallowed all 250 people right in front of the gathering. All of this is in Numbers 3, 4, and 16. And is that the end of the story? Well, clearly not. Korah and his followers were judged, but in Numbers 26, we see that God spared the sons of Korah. They not only went on to become doorkeepers and workers in the tabernacle, but they also became singers and musicians in the temple for King David. So no wonder trusting God is at the forefront of their praise and their worship and this psalm. They have a family story which constantly reminds them of who to trust and a stark reality of not trusting God. Now, our homes can be all-consuming at times, can't they? They can become everything to us. We can invest literally our heart and soul into our earthly homes. So much so, we can forget to trust in God for all that he provides. Homes and material possessions within the home promise much. Happiness, safety, protection, warmth, honour and more besides. But God promises so much. And in fact, the truth of Scripture is that God promises you everything good. Remember the words in the psalm, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk, whose walk is blameless. And so the big question for this point is who do you trust? Who do you trust? So how can we apply this really quickly? How can we take home and look at this, perhaps, and dwell on it? Well, I've thought of two possibilities in life, two possibilities. 
Maybe you're someone here tonight who has not had a happy home. Or maybe, right now, you're not living in a happy home. For you, God promises you a home with him. God promises you a home with him right now, where he will dwell with you, and you can dwell with him. And this psalm, Psalm 84, makes it absolutely clear that true blessings are not in earthly homes. If your walk is blameless, then God will withhold no good thing from you. And so, will you tonight take hold of that promise and those blessings? All you have to do is walk blamelessly towards him. And how do we do that? Well, the simple answer is to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, Christ says in John 10, verse 7, I am the door. I am the door. Not a door, but the door. Jesus is the only way into God's home. And all of God's blessings are through and in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the question is, have you opened that door? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? If so, then you have the perfect eternal home with God. Maybe you're someone here tonight who has a happy home. The challenge maybe for you is do you love your home too much? Do you love your home too much? The place you look for, for warmth, for provision, for protection, for favour, honour and all good things. Sometimes if we get too comfy, too content in our earthly homes, we might find it difficult to set our hearts on being spiritual pilgrims heading towards God. And don't get me wrong, there is nothing wrong with good earthly homes. They can be a real blessing. However, they are not to be everything to us. They cannot provide us with eternal warmth, eternal strength, eternal provision and protection. They do not really provide us with true favor and honor. We must always remember that as Christians, we actually are spiritual pilgrims heading towards an eternal home. We know from Scripture that when we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we become the tabernacle. That God, in his favor and his grace, does the most amazing miracle where he dwells with us. And yet, there are so many things that we could take from this, so many things that we could dwell on later, perhaps in our quiet times, that whilst God does dwell with us when we put our trust in him, there are many things that can hinder that relationship. There are many things that we tend to do to perhaps put our trust in other things. There are many things in Scripture that talk about how we can draw close to God 
or how perhaps we can feel further away from him. Think about those. But God's blessings are there to be taken right now and for eternity. All we need to do is take up our residence with God. Keep every day going in his direction, not in ours, finding strength in him and truly trusting him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the truth, the fact that you have given it to us, that we can read it in our own language, that we can consume it, and yet, Father, we pray that we would trust in it. Father, you offer so much. Sometimes it may feel too much, but Father, your blessings are poured out on those that trust in you. And so, Father, we just pray that as we talk about these things, as we dwell on them, as we take them perhaps back to our earthly homes, that we would think on them, that we would trust on your word and your truth and your blessings. For we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen.